Welcome to the Run Fit 365 podcast, episode eight. Booyah! Welcome back to the RunFit365.com podcast. I'm your host, Travis Lozier, and as always, Coach Dan Cusin is with us today. But today, um, in episode eight, this is a first for the RunFit365.com podcast. We've got a panel discussion. So um, also in studio <laughs> is Tom West. Tom West has been with us. I think you were on episode three. I, what are you going to do when you get up to like episode 382 and lose count? You just, me- you know, I've just got a memory like an elephant. So okay. we'll, that's not going to be an issue. So Tom was on um, one of the earlier episodes talking about, you know, why he likes to run. But he's he's back today. Um, we've got Crystal Bingham from creativityhack.com um, in the room. And she is a beginner runner and um, she's new to running, so having her insight today would be beautiful. And then we've got Jim O'Donnell, who is um, CrossFit. Um, he's ran the Boston Marathon before. Um, this guy is a jack of all trades, and he's um, with us today in studio. So thank you all for being here. Um, and Dan wrote a blog entry on... Um, nine tips or nine steps for helping us lose that stubborn weight. And the timing of that blog entry is perfect given that Thanksgiving was like, what, four days ago? (laughs) And all of us in the panel here, Dan, I know you can't see us, but we're like holding our bellies because I think Mm -hmm. each one of us have overeaten. (laughs) So, um, but we're at least in blue jeans. I mean, we didn't show up in sweatpants. So (laughs) It, it is a good looking group in here. So, um, Dan, why don't you take us through kind of your nine steps for losing that weight in the panel? Um, you can call on us and we'll chime in um, as you as you move through that blog entry. Okay? Sounds good to me. And for the record, I am in sweatpants, <laughs> so I'm probably a little more comfortable than you guys are. I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah. So um, I put these together, and it's these aren't all my ideas. These are things that I found as sort of best practice on the internet. I'm really interested in the panel's thoughts um, as we go through uh, what you think of each one of these steps as well as what things um, works for you. So uh, other than just kind of going through it, I, I think we can just do that. Sound good? Sounds like a plan. Yep. We're hoping you can help us lose this weight. <laughs> Me too. Me too. This Thanksgiving was a, was a doozy. Um, so step one, and, and these are somewhat in a specific order, I should say. Um, And step one is to get motivated. And I don't know about you, but sometimes uh, when I need to lose a few pounds, if I'm not motivated to do it, it doesn't matter what other steps I put in place. The motivation is pretty key. And so um, just some specifics around motivation. We talked a little bit either last time, I think it was two times, two podcasts ago, I'm already losing track, it's only number eight, um, about some of the mental side. Um, reference that material because that is kind of key to motivation. Um, but in addition to that, um, things like Googling Team White. I don't know if you've ever heard of Team White. 
Anybody in the room heard of those those guys? Well, when you Google it, just make sure you have like a box of Kleenexes next to you. No kidding. Uh, you watch those YouTube videos. It's just inspiring what uh, the son and the father had accomplished. And I think they were just most recently recognized at the Boston Marathon. Some I don't know what annual anniversary it was, but that's if you want to be motivated and also lose some weight through shedding tears. Um, <laughs> That's a good starting point. At least lose, lose some water weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those guys are amazing. There's there's no reason anybody on this call or listening to this podcast can't do something like a marathon or an Ironman. Because what those two guys do, and I'm not going to ruin it for you, do Google Team Hoyt, H-O-Y-T, and um, it's, it's very motivating. And then something else I do a lot um, I cycle a lot on a trainer in, indoors during the wintertime a lot. And that's pretty monotonous. It's pretty boring. So what I tend to do, and I do um, triathlon, so I typically will go and go to some of the previous year's Ironman at Kona and just put that on on a computer uh, and just watch that while I cycle. So it's something to kind of keep you going. So do you like set up three or four fans in the house to get the crosswind effects as if you're at Kona? <laughs> I do one fan, but no, I don't do the crosswind. I, oh, there's, okay. I say there's there's no reason I can't. We we shouldn't do that because Team White has done Kona many times. Um, but man, I, I just don't know if I'm. You walk, you walk down to Dan's basement, he's got three fans blowing and like four of those little space heaters going. <laughs> yeah, it had to be. Uh, he's simulating, taking visualization to the next level. <laughs> so the other thing you can do to get motivated, I think this one's pretty popular, is to publish your goals publicly. You know, follow, have people follow your status and, and what you're doing on Facebook or something along those lines. Um, and, and that's and, so simple. I mean, that, that's what I find, you know, works best for, for me at least is just tell people that, you know, Hey, I'm running Boston marathon in 2015. And the more people that I tell, it's just like, Oh my gosh, I've got to come through on this race, yeah. you know, because people know that it's some, you know, with social media now, just putting something out there is so easy to do. Is that what you do, Jim, or how do you kind of stay motivated? Well, I think the one thing that gets me is that when I do this as a group, a lot of times there's this peer pressure to show up and go. Yeah. Like when I go to either like a CrossFit workout, just showing up, suddenly you're motivated to do it, so do something. And that's why I really come to enjoy running with a group of people too, because then they expect you to show up on the Tuesday whenever you're running or whatever, or mountain biking. So I think that really helps create a lot of motivation as well, which I think is, is one thing I, when I was younger, I used to run a lot on my own. But as I've gotten older, I realized that that motivation by having a group of people, I think is really pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I think using um, MyFitnessPal, that's what's worked for me in the past. So yeah. getting family and friends on the MyFitnessPal, and then they keep me, in check and I can also see kind of my weight drop as well as all the food that I'm eating and what I'm overeating on so sugar is definitely one that is my downfall so that's cool so that's that it's an app right on your phone yep. so I, I think I downloaded it once but you can have 
So, so if, if you and I are on it together, mm -hmm. you can w check in on me and I could check in on you. Yeah, and you That's can scan cool. your food with a UPC scanner. Like, you, you can scan it and it automatically puts it in. You just say how much you ate, the oh, serving awesome. size. So it automatically calculates it, so it's not, it's not hard for food. That's cool, mm -hmm. especially for people that's terrible at math. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a good segue to step number three. I'm not going to jump ahead. Um, so step two is setting reasonable goals, and the key there is reasonable goals, because I think, you know, we're at right after Thanksgiving, um, but some of us, me included, haven't been doing the activity as I'd like to the, the entire year, so I might want to lose uh, a lot of weight. The problem with that is you can do things to lose a lot of weight quickly, but it's really not about the weight, it's about your health, and so... If you lose a lot of weight quickly, you're likely not to be losing the right kind of weight. So an example of this is setting your goals to be something like, I will lose two healthy pounds per week. And the difference between two healthy pounds, it, studies have shown that between one to three pounds per week is pretty healthy, and that's where you're actually targeting losing fat versus if you restrict your diet too much, I eat the right things, you can be losing muscle mass and and putting yourself at risk for other areas of issues. So um, set yourself some reasonable goals um, and and make them incremental goals. So two pounds a week for ten pounds and and get to that first goal before you set your second goal. Was everybody thinking about that? Yeah. I I try not to look at the metrics of weight, but some of those things that indicate that I'm making lifestyle changes that are going to help support me in a weight loss journey. Some things just as simple as getting seven hours of sleep, uh, uninterrupted sleep, those rest is critically important and, um, you know, committing to going to bed at a decent time instead of watching um, you know, television or kicking on Netflix and getting wrapped into the uh, the most recent series of House uh, Cards. House of Cards, <laughs> or I, I, what is the the Housewives of Atlanta? Um, really? You don't know. Really. <laughs> you know, we can't edit. We can't edit this podcast. So anything you say, Tom, about what you watch on Netflix is going to live on forever. Forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've actually never seen that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no one is buying that. So I set goals in regards to rest and vegetables. I'm like terrible at getting yeah. my fruits and vegetables. So I'll just say two days out of this week, I'm going to get. Where do you put your goals? Where do, do I put them? Do you have them written down somewhere? Do you have them on you know what? a reminder? <laughs> I don't write them down, but I tell them to my wife and she reminds me of them. Uh -huh. um, so. <laughs> <laughs> Because so I think exactly what you said, um, and it's, it kind of ties into what we talked about in the mental aspect of, of training. It's not about setting the outcome. You don't want to say, I want to lose 10 pounds. What you really want to do is set goals um, to support the actions along the way. So you can't say, I'll lose two healthy pounds per week. Um, I will get three days of activity in per week. I will grab a, uh, an apple before a cookie. You know, those are some of the examples on this blog that we have published. But it, you want to support the actions to obtain the outcome, not necessarily just focus on the outcome itself. 
Cool. So, um, segue into the next one, which Crystal had alluded to some of the electronic means of writing it all down. So, interesting article um, I found a while back that Kaiser Permanente, a uh, pretty popular, um, they do a lot of studies. One of the studies that they did was in regards to writing down what you eat. And we're not even talking calorie counting, which is, it probably won't surprise you. I have to write down every calorie, fat, carb, etc. <laughs> but really what they're what the article was talking about was just writing down what you ate, not the calorie amount, nothing like that, just what you ate. And in their study, and I've heard this in, in multiple other studies as well, that people who just simply wrote down what they ate lost twice as much weight as people that didn't keep a tally. So um, I think the takeaways of that is just to be aware of, I mean, if you're being aware of what you're putting in your mouth, like in Thanksgiving, if you had a piece of blueberry pie and you're thinking about a piece of pecan pie, you're, just, you're already being conscious of, of what you're doing, which is the biggest aspect of that. If I wrote down, I'm just thinking about that now. If I wrote down everything that I ate on Thanksgiving, it might be front and back. I mean, well, seriously, and, would be. If you take that a step further and you actually calculate the calories, I bet nobody listening to this right now would really want to know how many calories you ate on Thanksgiving. Nope. You're, you're yeah. talking in the thousands, yeah. probably in one meal. I don't even want to know how many calories in whipped cream I ate um, on Thanksgiving. <laughs> exactly. So um, the easy way to do that is an app, you know, MyFitnessPal. Um there's one by Fat Secret. I think it's called, I got it on my phone. I think it's called Fat Secret. I like that one a little bit better than Fit My Fitness Pal. But I think the point is, you don't need an app. Those make it easy because you can use the barcode scanner or whatever. But um, just simply be aware of what you're eating. Um, step four: Get good at meal planning. I'm really bad about this myself. If I don't plan ahead, if so, for example, if we're going out to eat somewhere. Or um, I go somewhere and I don't have lunch planned. A lot of times I'll skip a meal. A lot of times I'll just say, well, I don't know. I'll, I'll try to make a good decision. But you're better off um, sort of doing a, a planning ahead. So, again, don't skip meals. Make sure that you take something for if, if you go to work. Make sure you're taking something for lunch. And it's best if you have a way to, to maintain food at work. Um, keep some things around because if you get busy and can't make it out, at least you have something there um, that you can eat that's on the healthy side. Uh, try to stick to six smaller meals to keep your metabolism steady. Um, bag up portions ahead of time, that sort of thing. And like when, when I know we're going to go to a restaurant, those apps that we just talked about, My Fitness Pal and Fat Secret, a lot of times you could find meals in there. Um, from restaurants and sort of plan ahead that way. So if I know we're going to, I don't know, Red Robin, I can look on the, the meals that are in those apps to, to kind of plan ahead and decide what I'm going to get uh, so it corresponds with everything else I'm eating that day. Any, any other thoughts from the group on meal planning? Well, I think one of the best advice that I have gotten is it's okay to have the same thing over and over again. 
because I think we think we need a lot of variety and that's not true. Um, having the same types of food and planning ahead of time throughout the week. Um, so I like to do my planning on Sunday for the entire week and also I'm not a breakfast eater and when I found that I was plateauing on my weight loss um, I got a suggestion for um, getting eat breakfast and get your metabolism going early and although that was difficult um, because I'm not a breakfast eater I just like to drink coffee in the morning which I know is bad um, just having a little bit of extra protein in the morning helped jumpstart my weight loss again. Awesome. So did you have the same thing every, every morning then? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I might be kind of interesting of all the meals that I have. I had the same breakfast every single day. So what do you what do you like to eat in the morning? Because it's I almost have to force myself to get something to eat. Um, I have a protein shake. Yeah. That's and then I go to quite frankly I go to Starbucks and I get a coffee and they reduce that turkey bacon sandwich and that's it's got the egg whites it's got the sliced the thin turkey and that's my meal I don't. And I generally have a mid-morning snack then, too, of like an oatmeal bar, but um, that keeps me going until lunch. And the easiest thing, I think, too, is just to get some hard-boiled eggs and cook a bunch of those on the weekend, yeah. and then you can just pop one in um, your hand as you go out the door. It's easy. That is easy. So I think protein is very important for uh, sustainability throughout the day. I think the thing that we always as humans overlook, unless you're a vegetarian or really good at this sort of thing, is the thing that variety does give is if you're getting the right amount of variety. Most people don't eat enough veggies and fruits, and so um, I'm, I'm just as guilty. My breakfast doesn't contain veggies and fruits for the most part. But if you eat the same thing every day, if you're not getting the variety of, of getting the micronutrients out of the veggies and fruits, that's the one thing I'd say, uh, challenge yourself to get in. All right, anything else on meal planning? Nope. You've got, you, we're all making long lists of things that we need to be doing. Oh, okay. <laughs> you you, if you could see the studio here, which is also my office, you've got Jim over here downloading the My Fitness, Fitness Pal app. I think he's planning his lunch right now, um, and Tom's on his iMac making a list of his goals. So <laughs> you haven't lost us. Um, we're just uh, we're, we're busy we're multitasking. Yeah, yeah. I'm going through like a wave of emotion here. You know, started out with kind of hang my head in shame of bad Tom, too much turkey, and now now I feel like there's hope. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I, I think I'd like to add, too, like my sister and I, when she lived around, um, it was nice to have somebody um, help me create the meals on the weekends together. So we would just go shopping and start, you know, batch creating all this food. So we'd do a six-day meal plan, and we'd cook the same things over and over again, but we'd have six different meals for dinners already prepared. So That's when awesome. I get home and I'm tired, I just pop something in the oven or the crock pot, and I'm good to go. So planning your meals ahead of time, I think, is essential. Awesome. Well, you, you bring up a good point, too. If you can get um, somebody, especially if it's your significant other, but somebody to be part of this with you, you're just like training, going on a long run in the morning. If you can get somebody to be healthy and eat healthy with you, you're, you're way more likely to stick to it. So number step number five is getting moving. And this is probably the one of the more obvious things we all 
you know, get all excited about losing weight. So we start running, we start cycling, swimming, something. And that is probably one of the, the better things to do because it not only does it provide health benefits to do cardiovascular exercise, but it also provides calorie burn. So if you're going to go um, for a run, you know that you can um, basically burn some of the, the turkey you ate, or actually probably turkey is one of the better things you ate uh, at Thanksgiving, but you can burn some of those calories simply by doing that activity. Some of the tips here are things we've talked about in other podcasts, such as um, having an exercise buddy for accountability, signing up for a race, and, and telling everybody you're doing it so that um, you, you actually stick to the training, uh, record your workouts, and publish them publicly. I, I, I see on Facebook all the time, some of my friends post, I ran five miles today, and that's a really good way to keep yourself, um, again, to that motivation. So... Very simple, just get yourself moving. It doesn't matter what kind of exercise you do, uh, just start that calorie burn. Any comments on that? Park further away, that's what my husband said the other day. <laughs> <laughs> just a little thanks. Take the stairs. Take the stairs, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so step number six. This one's probably a little bit, it's oh, not less obvious. Thought of another thing, you're right, it, now, Feels like you're in the off season. We are here in the Midwest, but races for next year, somewhat daunting to plan that far in advance. But look on the bright side that if you're registering now, you're getting your early bird discounts. So, mm -hmm. not yeah, good point. That's just a little tip: is if you're planning your race season now, you're going to get good prices on those races for sure. Or you can ask for race entries for the holidays. Yeah. Well, if you're not a runner and you want to be a runner, this is how I got into running. I decided I wanted to do a marathon, and I hadn't run, you know, at all really in my life except for the the mile or so you do in high school that you have to do. And so I bought, I signed up for the Disney marathon. I've told this story before on the podcast, but there's nothing like paying a lot of money, you know, with with park tickets and travel and all that stuff to to really make you stick to it. So if you're looking to become a runner, I'm not telling you to go sign up for the Disney Marathon, but, you know, it's it's a good way to keep yourself doing it. Yeah, and one of my favorite quotes when you, when you talked about the marathon is, um, if you want to know what it feels like to run, go run a mile. But if you want to know what it feels like to live, run a marathon. So nice. <laughs> if, oh, yeah. if, if you want to experience something new in 2015, sign up for that first marathon. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. All right, so step number six is get stronger. And what this really entails is building muscle mass. And it's, it's not like you're not going to you know flex in the mirror sort of muscle mass. But essentially, if you can increase your muscle mass you can increase your calorie burn. And I have a, a physics book next to my bed. If I'm getting, if I, I know. Oh those, you lost the panel. You lost the panel there, Dan. And Tom just went to flex in front of a mirror. So give us a couple minutes to regroup here. <laughs> well, let me just chat about this while you guys uh, look, to, look at the mirror. Yeah. Um, if you increase your muscle mass, you increase your calorie burn. And if, if there's nothing else, uh, another reason to do that, that's a good reason. Um, I would say do things – I'm a big proponent of doing strength exercises that contain that, – that don't isolate a specific muscle group. 
So look at a squat. A squat works on multiple muscle groups, uh, push-ups, pull-ups, planks, anything that works multiple muscle groups and promotes an actual function of your body. So a squat would help with running because it helps with so the muscle groups that uh, work with running. So think about it from that perspective. Do slow, purposeful movements. And, and the reason you do that is to engage all the muscle fibers you can. Because I don't know how many people know this, but your muscle fibers work in an all-or-nothing sort of state. So if you're not working really pretty hard, you're not incorporating all your muscle fibers. So you want to um, use pretty heavy weights or um, – you know, challenge yourself to use your body weight in, in positions that aren't as easy. Uh, eight to ten reps, two to three times a week uh, for each exercise, and don't overdo it because I, you know, I hear I hear people all the time say, "Oh man, I really did it yesterday, and I'm really sore." And that's not what you're going for. You want to just kind of ease into it. So get stronger. You guys done flexing? Any thoughts on on that topic? Yeah. Um, you know, I think the key thing there is to make sure when you're doing any type of weightlifting that you really focus in on your form because if you mm-hmm. use poor form, if you're doing, you know, deadlifts and you're doing it wrong, you're going to hurt your back. Um, yep. If you're doing squats and you're not putting your weight in your heels, you're going to hurt yourself. I mean, anything that, you know, too often if people are doing pull-ups, even if you don't do it the right way, you're going to hurt your elbows. I mean, I've seen too many times where people have bad form and then down the road, they're injured. Mm-hmm. Very good point. I also know that to do these type of exercises earlier in the day, um, of course, you know, give yourself a warm-up. If you're getting out of bed, don't jump in and start doing squats right away. You know, Do some walking exercises and some stretching to, to prepare your body for it. But um, if you do it early enough in the day, I understand that you're going to get huge benefits throughout the rest of the day. Um, I, I don't have a, um, was it a physics book by my bed? Um, but, you know, there a lot of people say that if you do squats or push-ups in the morning that your heart rate remains escalated for hours thereafter and gives you that benefit of a metabolism boost um, throughout the day. Um, so if you can, if you are going to do strength training, then you should. I'm guilty of not doing it myself, but I need to be better about it. Do it early in the morning if you can, uh, because it's going to give you maximum benefit throughout the day. And if you're curious about what kind of book Tom does have by his bed, it's called Housewives of Atlanta, episode, <laughs> episode one. <laughs> to add on to that, Tom, that's a really good point. Um, I've, I've read that to maximize your calorie burn, if you're going to do strength and cardiovascular in the same time frame, you're, you're going to burn more calories and sustain burning more calories if you do weight resistance, the strength stuff, before the cardiovascular stuff. Now, the, the problem there is you want to avoid um, causing yourself to have poor form. If you, you do a bunch of strength and you go for a run or something, you don't want to, you don't want your form to suffer. But that's essentially what the the studies have shown is that that will sustain your calorie burn longer. Okay, anything else on strength? So what would you suggest for somebody like myself that's new to running and I haven't worked out in a while? So what would you suggest at a starting level for a new runner? So 
Um, I think for anybody that's looking to run, you kind of do it in baby steps. Um, first, I would become a really good walker before I become a runner because the, the stress that running puts on your bones, your ligaments, your tendons is pretty severe, especially for newer runners that probably don't have the, the perfect form. Um, I would say also, if you're looking to run, it's, it's worth a little bit of research to, uh, on form itself because you, you, you're better off learning the right way uh, to run to avoid injury before you do it. So become a really good walker, and there's, there's no limit to how much. I mean, you could walk for months and months before you become a runner, and that, that's going to only help you. And then two, I think for me, I would rather start the running before the strength um, just so you start that sport-specific muscle building. Mm -hmm. And then once you've done that for a while, then you can incorporate some of the strength. And a lot of that strength incorporation is really to enforce, reinforce the running uh, muscles. Um, you could do it the other way around. I, that's just the way I would do it. So are you looking at strengthening, you can Chris, are you looking at like strengthening to support your running? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And weight loss. Because I find out that after doing front squats, back squats, that when I get to the hill, it isn't nearly as much of a problem that it, as it used to be. Mm -hmm. So you can you can attack the hill better, or you can take off and sprint better. And so that's that's why that's where I've seen the benefit of where I do CrossFit is helping me out by running. I think uh, a lot of new runners, even experienced runners, don't pay attention to that running is one motion. Um, it really focuses in on biceps and your chest muscles because um, you're just swinging your arms one direction pretty much the whole time. So the, the muscles in between your shoulders and the back of your neck are pretty much completely ignored if you only run. Um, and even in your lower half, um, running as you pronate or, or kick off, you're focusing pretty much on your calf muscles as you push. Um, so the front of your shins, those muscles that run across the front of your legs, a lot of times get ignored. So look for um, exercises that will help strengthen those things. Your glutes, it, pay attention to exercises that are going to strengthen them and give you flexibility. Because if you aren't strengthening your back, if you're not paying attention to the front of your shins and strengthening those muscles and you have weak glutes, you're just destined for an yeah. injury. Hmm. So you want to train, if you are doing strength training, train in opposite of what running conditions you for, focusing on those major muscles like your glutes, your, your upper back um, rows are awesome and they'll help keep you upright when you're going. Nice, thanks. Excellent point. I guess the only thing to also point out is it, it doesn't have to be a squat or something with weights. There are plenty of uh, sports-specific strength building you can do, such as help hill repeats, and if you you know that's either running or bike or there's plenty of exercises you can do uh, that aren't just a squat or something that you sit in a gym and do. So just keep that in mind as well. Yeah, so in our crossfit, we actually do a lot of air squats. Mm -hmm. so you don't, when you do squats, you don't have to have weight, right? Yeah, they said there, you know, there's trip tips and tricks. I'm no expert in this, but 
Um, they say if you hold your hands under your chin when you're squatting, your body has to follow the natural form. You won't. Uh, it's, say again? If you put your hands as if you're holding a, a goblet or something under your chin, when you do the squat, naturally it makes your your butt go down first because you'll your hands aren't there. Won't, you won't lose your balance because they're out in front of you. Nice. Kind of thing. So mm. there are tips and tricks to convince your body to follow the right form safely. Holding a goblet? Yeah. yeah. Kind of like put your hands under your chin and make it look like uh, you're holding your head in a goblet. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's not official. Um, but there are... Look for things like that. Ask people um, who are experts in, in exercise if you're worried about safety. Um, get a, you can walk into a sports rehab clinic now without a referral and they're the, they're the experts on exercise um oh, so yeah. you know have them watch you do these exercises watch yourself in the mirror if you're worried about form because those things also you want to make sure that you're not doing more harm than good yeah. and, and like i said you know i probably said it wrong but there are tips and tricks to making sure you do these things safely such as a lunge those people starting out they're advised to put their foot on a chair so that they do it do it right um because if you put your try to do a lunge elsewise you you're likely to twist so on and so forth so there are small tips and tricks out there um probably too many for me to cite and i'm probably citing them wrong to begin with but do your research <laughs> so dan i wish you were in the studio because what happened there was you know tom was doing a visual of his head in a goblet doing a squat and then jim was just <laughs> doing lunges in the back of the room and he said these are hard so <laughs> yeah. oh, i'm never lunges avoid are always tough yeah well yeah. maybe you guys can put some a link to some good tips and tricks for um, getting good form yeah. on your blog. Uh, you know what? I could, there's there's one out there called Ubersense that coaches use. They there's a whole bunch of them out there that they'll, they'll show you good form, but they also if you have a coach, they can actually you can get to use it to tape yourself, and you can go in slow motion so you're you're looking exactly how your form is, hmm. and so it's very popular with different coaches whether it's Baseball coaches for a swing, or golf, or football, basketball, weightlifting, whatever. Very popular. What's the site called? Ubersense. Ubersense. Okay. Thanks for that. I've been looking for royalty-free squats. Um, I guess we could do our own, but I hate to reinvent the wheel. There's lots of people that are much better at that kind of stuff than than I am, but that's, that's a really good tip. We'll have to look into that. Okay, on to step seven. Quench your thirst. This is a pretty popular one, not only just for an athlete in general to keep yourself hydrated, but also a lot of times your thirst comes across as a hunger sensation. So if you haven't been keeping up um, drinking throughout the day correctly, you may come home and you, you're starving and you go through the pantry, you raid your pantry, you get you know anything and everything that you can eat and it almost doesn't satisfy and that's it could be because you're not hydrated enough. So it's really important to keep on top of hydration. And water, of course, is the best thing you can do. Um, if you drink uh, soda or diet soda, a lot of times that kind of works against you. But, you know, everybody has their vice. So just make sure you're also getting uh, a fair amount of water in. And I think this is a pretty common way to measure that. Just kind of look at your urine, make sure it's uh, mostly clear, pale, yellow, and that, that's a pretty good sense that you're 
getting enough um, fluids in. Yeah, actually, you want to make sure it's a, a pale yellow. If you're urinating, and I know this sounds disgusting, but if you're urinating completely clear fluids, it's likely that you've consumed too much water, and now you're flushing your system. So if you're peeing very frequently um, and it's clear, it's likely that you're drinking um, too much water, and you should be probably focusing on uh, a sports drink or something with some um, sodium or potassium in it, um, as your body will likely retain those nutrients more than just flushing them through your system. I think a lot of marathoners, you know, the day before the race, they they flush their muscles by drinking nothing but water um, and come miles down the road, they get themselves into cramp situations because there's no nutrients left, left in their muscle. So you want to be a little careful, do focus on, on water, but if you ever get to the point where you're urinating just clear fluid, you're likely uh, at the point where you're flushing your muscles and um, you'll you probably feel fatigued. Um, and that's a pretty early indication that you need to switch it up and focus on some sports strength with a bigger molecule that will stay in your system versus just running right through. So um, let's try to mix it up as best as possible. And coffee is not a sports drink. <laughs> Come on. That's my sports drink. Yeah. That's a good point, though, Tom. And, and to clarify, there is a big difference between, um, you know, drinking for exercise and drinking throughout the day. You're right. You don't want it completely clear. And if you're going to be training or doing your training, you want to make sure you get the right level of electrolytes or else you're going to get into bigger problems. And for those that don't like to just drink plain water, um, I like to add frozen berries to my drink to give it some flavor. And I stay away from those flavored waters from the store because they typically have an artificial sweetener in there. And I don't know if a lot of people know this, but if you have an artificial sweetener, it increases your grayling hormone, which causes you to be more hungry. So the artificial sweeteners aren't a good idea. Um, so just take some frozen fruit, add it to your water, and gives it some flavor. Awesome. My wife does that every day. Okay, step eight. Make sure you cheat sometimes. And this is really important for people um, that consistently, uh, if, if you aren't a healthy eater and you become a healthy eater, then you're more likely to fall off the wagon if you don't have a little bit of cheating in there. And I don't mean go crazy and have a whole day where you eat pizza and cheeseburger and, you know, go crazy. <laughs> but you got to allow yourself one or two meals a week, preferably not right next to each other. So you don't want to do a lunch and dinner and preferably not two days in a row um, to give yourself something like the pizza or the, the burger and, and don't go overboard. And then leave yourself some low calorie treats every day, things like uh, dark chocolate or something that gives you the sensation that you don't, you're not totally taking everything fun away. Any other tips on that from the group? No. No. <clears throat> I, I think all four of us are going to cheat today. <laughs> During triathlon season, you know, got, uh, got milk or chocolate milk was always being toted as like the sports recovery drink. And, mm -hmm. um, that was one of my treats, but I'm like, okay, if chocolate milk is a replenishment drink, then what's chocolate ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> it's gold is what it is. 
It just brings the your core temperature down faster. Yeah. It is. It never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna. It's we're not, not gonna treat. win that <laughs> argument. <laughs> so step nine is measure your results. This is what everybody thinks of when they're losing weight. I think the the key thing, at least from my perspective, is don't do it too often because everybody has fluctuations in weight on a daily, even hourly basis. And so I wouldn't weigh yourself two days in a row. I would restrict it to something like once per week so you can actually see that meaningful weight loss. Try to do it at the same time every day um, and have the same routine so that you have a pretty good sense of, uh, or consistent weigh-in, I should say. And then um, those scales that have fat percentages, I, I don't know that they're very, I've heard that they're not very accurate. But what I have heard is they're relatively consistent. So um, a good way... You know, if, if you're not losing a lot of pounds, it doesn't mean you're not making progress. So pay attention to your, you know, how many loops in your belt you're using. Um, if you have one of those fat percentage scales, pay attention to the percent fat that it's showing. So you might have lost two pounds, but you might have also lost a percentage of two of fat. Uh, so that's that's more telling than just strictly weight. And then celebrate all progress. It doesn't matter if you've lost five pounds or two pounds. Um, you know, it, it's all about the the journey, not necessarily the each step of the way. I think that here the the setbacks. A lot of times, people perceive some of gaining weight has a has a setback, but that could be something as previously you didn't have as much water as you probably should have, so your muscles aren't as saturated as they could be, and then you focus on that for a week, and your yeah, your muscles then get the right saturation, you're going to gain weight then. Uh, if you take on a strength training regimen and you're adding more muscle, um, you're going to, you may see increase in your weight at that point. So I think sometimes responding to weight alone um, isn't the best result to track, but also keep track of, hey, I ran three times this week and have it on a calendar, very visual, something that you can see. I, you know, I, I met my goal. Um, I ate my servings of vegetables three days this week. Um, using some of those goals that you'd set for yourself and making sure that you're achieving them are just as important as stepping on the scale. Well, and I'm going to, I'm going to tell you from a, a girl's point of view, since I'm the only chick in the room, um, <laughs> I, stopped weighing myself once you know a day because that's what we want to do we want to see the results because as soon as I started doing any kind of strength training because I did P90X for 90 days a few years ago and I didn't see any weight loss um, and so I just stopped doing the scale and just did measurements so I got a tape measure measured measure my thighs my hips my legs um, my waist um, even my arms so and I saw results in the measurement and started measuring myself once a week instead of weighing myself because if you're going to do any kind of strength training do not weigh yourself because right, right. you will not see the results on the scale yeah. so measure mm -hmm. yeah. and there are there's um if you go to p90x that's beach body uh product and there's tons out there but they have um detailed instructions on how to take these yeah. measurements because and it's and there's an well, app for that. Yeah, there's an app for that. that. <laughs> you can put in there and you just write your measurements down and from the tape and they just you log it and measure it over time. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. cool. So that's those are the nice steps I wrote down. Is there any other 
thoughts on, on tips that people might be able to use? So go over the nine again really quick, just from high level. Sure. What are they? All right, so get motivated. Yeah. Uh, set reasonable goals. Yeah. Write everything down that you eat. Um, get really good at meal planning. Get moving, so do some sort of cardiovascular exercise. Get stronger, so muscle building. Quench your thirst. Make sure to cheat sometimes, and then measure your results. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Dan, thanks a lot, uh, again, for facilitating the discussion. Thanks to the panel. Again, Tom West, Crystal Bingham, and Jim O'Donnell. I think that this is a format that we probably should use more often with our RunFit podcast. I think it went really smooth, had different perspectives um, and different insights, too. I think that added a lot of value to this. So um, one thing before we pulled you in, Dan, um, the, the panel was giving me a hard time about our booyah you know, kind of the way we intro. So before we close, I'm going to ask these guys on three, we're going to do a final shout out booyah <laughs> and we'll close episode eight in an epic way. So Dan, thanks again. And, um, you better chime in on this too. So on three booyah, one, two, three. Booyah. Booyah. <laughs>